I have a friend who is a former pastor of ours. His name is Roy. And one day when he was a kid, he was playing with firecrackers with his friends. Now, I I know this is an intergenerational service. I can't assume that everyone knows what a firecracker is. Do you know know what a firecracker is? Do you know what a firecracker is, Bella? Okay, she knows, right? I mean, it's it's a small little thing like the size of a birthday candle, right? And so um, he was playing with a firecracker, and uh, they sort of made it a game because he was with friends where you, you light it, and then you just hold on to it. And you hold on to it as long as you can until right about when it's going to go off, and then you throw it. And so Roy was doing that. He was holding on to a firecracker and just kind of waiting for the fuse to to right when it was on the edge of the barrel. And you're supposed to just kind of flick it, throw it. But instead of doing that, because I guess he wanted a good throw, he cocked it back so that his hand for just a fraction of a second was right in front of his right ear. And as he did that, the firecracker went off right here. And the force of that, I mean, little small firecracker, the force of that actually crushed his eardrum. And to this day, he is about, uh, he, he's, he's 50% capacity in that right ear because they just devastated his eardrum. Now, it's all because... He was playing with something that he shouldn't have been playing with, right? And, uh, but you understand, he was a kid, and he was thinking, it's just a small thing. He's thinking, I didn't know that such a small thing could have such a destructive power that it could blow out my eardrum. I was just playing with it. And I, I feel like according to the passage that we're going into today, that we're all on a daily basis playing with something that we have in our possession, but we don't really know the destructive power of this thing that we have. And, and James today is revealing it's the tongue. Now, you might be wondering uh, with Cecil's riddles, the horse, the bridle, the ship, the rudder, the, 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 um, the spark plug that was a forest fire, What does that all mean? It's all baked into this passage right here. And so if you follow along, it's all going to make sense as we unpack the passage. Now, let me say a little bit about the context of James. Uh, We're working our way through the book of James in chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Don't know if you know this, but those two verses reveals a bit of a table of contents for the book of James. And the rest of the book James will unpack these big topics that are introduced in these two verses. So he talks about the three big topics for the book are social justice, relating to the world, and today it's keeping a tight rein of the tongue. And so we just finished the first, uh, the first part, which was on social justice. And so now we're on section number two, which is about the tongue. So if you would uh, uh, turn to me to James chapter 3, and we're going to read accordingly. See, so can I have a glass of water? I thought I had a bottle up here. All right, we're going to start with verse 2. Um, And then we're going to skip to verse 7 because I think the argument sort of goes together. Okay, here we go. Verse 2. 
James says this, For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Now let's skip to verse 7. We'll we'll fill in um, the in-between verses in a moment. Verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Okay, now here James is saying that if you can control the tongue, you can control everything in your life. Thank you, Cecil. All right? You guys see that in, 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 uh, in, in the verse. If you can control your tongue, you can control everything else in life, right? It's, it's right here. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a, what's the word? He is a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. So if you can control your tongue, you can control any part of life. You, you see the argument, right? But now in verse 7, he makes it clear, but let's be honest. It's like he's saying, but let's be honest. It is incredibly hard. You all following along? It's like James, James is like, the words of, that come out of your mouth is the hardest part of your life to control. Now, let me say that again as a little bit of a call response. I'm going to say that again, and you're going to say, well, how hard is it? Okay, it's a little bit of a call and response here. Okay, let me say it again. The words that come out of your mouth is the hardest part of your life to control. It's so hard that if you never said a bad word in your life, you would never sin in any part of your life. Now, that's, that's what James is saying, right? You're able to control this? You can control the whole thing. Since it's the hardest part of your life to control, you control this, you control all the others. It's like saying, if you can drive in Chinatown, San Francisco. All right, you get where I'm going with that, right? So it's, I'm not going to explain why it's so hard to drive in, in Chinatown, San Francisco. It just is. But since it's so difficult to drive there, it makes sense that if you can drive there, then you can drive in any other place of the world. It's the same argument. Control this, and you can control everything else. And then he uses two illustrations, and the illustrations are very similar. You take a big horse. A big horse, and it's controlled by a small bit in its mouth. Now, the argument goes, if you have control over the small bit, the small bit, then you have control of the entire horse. The small bit is your tongue. The entire horse is every other part of your life. You take a huge boat. And it's controlled by a small rudder. If you have control over this small rudder, this is James' argument, then you have control over the entire boat. If you can control your tongue, you can control every other part of life. 
but it is incredibly hard. You see that. James is saying, look, we have tamed every animal on planet Earth, even Shamu, right? But it is so hard, it is incre- and no one has tamed this little thing that lives right in our mouth. Incredibly hard. All right, let's move on. Um, now, we're going to spend most of our time in verse 5 and 6 because there's just so much to apply in verses 5 and 6. James says, so also the tongue is a small member, and yet it, what's the next word, guys? Boasts. Now, we're not going to get to this verse, but in verse 9, it says that the tongue also curses. So if we're getting practical, there's two things that the tongue does that it's not supposed to do or wasn't originally designed to do, which is it boasts and it curses. Here we're talking about boasting. Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Wow. Wow. Those are some really powerful words. Now, I think if you take these couple of verses, it showcases a biblical theology on words. Namely, that there is such an incredible power with the words that we have. Now, it's very different from how our culture sees words. Isn't that true? In our culture, words are, words are, words are whatever. You know, words are, words are harmless. You know, we, we say stuff like, you know, you, 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 say, you give yourself permission to criticize by criticizing, and then afterwards you can just say, I was just saying, right? I mean, we live in a world with a lack of accountability with our words, and so that's why you have something called fake news. We, we live in a world where we see words as it, it, it just, it, they're, they're nothing. But, but understand, the Bible sees words very differently. Words, according to the Bible, they have a life to them. They have a power to them. They give life in this, or in this passage, they actually are taking life away. When, when, you, when you bless someone, you say words of blessing. I, I think a lot of times you're thinking, well, I'm articulating my intention that they be blessed. And the Bible's like, no, 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 don't you understand? Actually, by blessing them, you are giving life to them. And you understand, when you're, when you're cursing someone, it's not that you're just wishing evil on them, but by cursing them, you're actually giving them evil in the words itself. That words have a power to them. They have a life to them. You heard the rhyme that helped me out with this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never... Okay, well, according to James... Sticks and stones can, can only break your bones, but words can poison people and destroy your very soul and your whole outlook on life. The Bible teaches that the power of words, like right at the very beginning, like right in the beginning of the creation of the world, how does God create everything? He doesn't just use his hands. 
what does he do? He speaks them into existence. He says, let there be light, and then there's light. He didn't roll up his sleeves and do something. But he spoke it, and you were made in the image of God. What does that mean about the power of your words? Do you realize the power of your words? So here in this text, James is using another illustration. He's using the illustration of a forest fire. And I I don't know if we got uh, photos up there. I don't think we do. But if, if, you, if you think about what happened in Napa, there we have, we have before and after photos. Now just take a look at these photos. They're going to show you the before, they're going to show you the after, and if you take a look, you will see the devastation that the forest fires have done in, nor- in Northern California in, in uh, just devastating, ravaging schools, homes, hospitals, everything in its path. Now, now, stick with the argument of James here. He's like, you have that right here in your mouth. Do you understand the power of this tongue? Do you understand the power of this small little member? Now, just to bring this home a little bit, I, I kind of need a volunteer. Um, Bella, would you come up here? No? Um, Gemma, would you come up here? You did such a great job here before. Oh, she, she's not here. Claire, would you come up here? I need someone small. Um, do we have any kids here? Oh, yeah. Abby, can you come here? Perfect. Thank you. The force is running strong in your family today. Why don't you come up here? Okay. Um, now, I, I, I want you just to, to see this picture of what James is articulating in, this, in these few verses. Okay, Abby, I want you to just hold on to this, okay? okay. No, no, hold Hand here and hand over here, okay? Okay, but don't let go, all right? All right. Okay. Okay, don't do anything, right? Just just stand there and look at people, okay? That's really the illustration. Actually, can you get up here, Abby? Can you get up here? Yeah, just stand up right there. All right. I just want you to hold on to that. And I just want you to take a look at Abby. This is a picture of what everyone has. Now, Abby, I don't know if you've held one of these before, but do you understand the power that you hold in your hands? Okay, now, just one second. We're just going to do this together, okay? You just stay there, but it's okay. All right, all right. You don't have to do that. You just wanted you to watch that. Okay, all of us have this. Now, I'm explaining to Abby what she has, but she might not know what she has. And here's the thing. If, don't, don't press me. If I stick my finger right, right here, don't, don't you do anything. If I do that, my finger is just going to get chopped off. Now, if you did that, same thing. Now, imagine holding this and just walking around, and you're, you're like, talking to people, and you have no idea the power that's in you. You're, like, chopping off limbs and, and pinkies and stuff like that, and you're gashing people. You don't know. And, and, and James is saying, do you understand the power, not here, but it's actually in your mouth, and you're using it every day. You, you can hurt yourself. You can hurt other people. Be, be, be very careful of this instrument that you have. And can we give a hand? You can just give that back to me. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, let me clarify that, okay? James makes a big deal. It's, a, it, it's, it's this small flame. 
and you understand the destructive potential that's in this flame, and then it can burn down whole forests, homes, hospitals, consume. Uh, It's the same concept and the same idea. Do you understand the power to give life and to take it away that you have right here in your mouth? All right, now let me give you some examples. I'm wondering if you buy his argument. I'm wondering if you see it as, as powerful as the scriptures see it. I'll give you an example. When I was young, I received contact lenses for the first time. I was about Abby's age when I got contact lenses. It was a pretty exciting thing for me. So I remember I had some friends over. My best friend Doug was there. And I was pretty excited because I have a new look now. You know, I've been wearing, like, uh, glasses ever since I was grade school. Finally was able to shed them. So I said, hey, Doug, I got some contacts. I went into the bathroom, and I popped in my contact lenses. I came back out, glasses free. And he looked at me, and, I, and Doug said, wow, you are ugly. <laughs> now, I realize this illustration goes a lot better if I actually took my glasses. But I don't want to. Because I still hear his voice saying, wow, you are ugly. And it kind of shapes the way that I see myself, for better or for worse. What do you mean for better? That's just worse. Do you understand words have that power? Do you understand that the words that you use every day, uh, you're talking to mom, you're talking to your best friend, you're talking to your spouse, they have that kind of power. It's like you're running around with this thing and you don't even know what it can do. Let me give you uh, another example. I I have a bunch of them. How about this one? We give advice. Have you ever been in a coffee shop and you're talking about a social issue that's relevant today and you're just chiming in with what you think, your opinions? Have you ever been in a conversation and someone shares something personally and and then you just give advice? Well, you know, I, I think blah, 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 you know. And here's the question. How much of your advice is actually rooted in the scripture? How much of our opinion is actually according to the value system of God? Because you can just throw your opinion out there and you don't know that people can actually take that and make decisions based on those opinions. And uh, we are actually influencing others with these words and with this counsel. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, someone wants to get out of marriage and, you know, you're just like, well, you deserve to be happy. Or someone wants to cheat in some way and we're like, look, you know, you kind of deserve, you, you deserve a break. And uh, we, we do things like that and we say things like that and, and are we really weighing what we're saying according to God's word? A, a lot of us in, in the church are mentoring, which I think is great. We want more mentors in our church. But I would advise you to weigh your counsel by the word of God. Because we will be judged by every word. And we don't know the power of those words. Can I give you another example? Uh, When James was writing, he was talking about the tongue. But what is the new tongue nowadays? I think you all know. You know, it's like nowadays we have, like I'm calling this the e-tongue. 
Am, am I right? It's like, it's like texting, it's like Facebook, it's like Tumblr, it's like Instagram. It's the e-tongue or it's the i-tongue, but we, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the new tongue. Am I right? And, and here's the thing. The same principles that apply to our regular tongue also apply to the e-tongue, but maybe even more so. Because nowadays, um, <clears throat> at your fingertips, you have an audience of hundreds and hundreds of people. Right? Just at your fingertips. And with the, the thing with social media is that there, it, it's almost like it, it's, this, it's an illusion of anonymity. Right? Because you could be in the privacy of your own home, you're in your bed, you're in your pajamas, you're just, you're just kind of like posting your thoughts. And we don't realize that there's actually hundreds of people that are listening in. And so it has like the illusion of anonymity, but the reality of spoken words. And here's the thing, once you put stuff out there, you never really know how it's going to be interpreted and received. And so it's, 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 a, it's a crazy thing. Now, the scripture says that the tongue is a small member, and yet it boasts of great things. The tongue loves the boast. I wonder, is this also true of the e-tongue? Is that also true? <clears throat> Can I ask you guys something honestly? Like, have you ever gone on Facebook, and you looked at what other people were posting, and you, you kind of felt bad about your own life? Has that ever happened to you? Like you're just looking at what people are posting. It, is, it just seems like people are living great lives, you know? And you kind of feel like, oh, I don't feel like my life is that great. I think I need that. I, I need that vacation. I need those friends. And, and I kind of need those kids too, right? It's that feeling of discontent. And, and, and here's the thing. I wonder if what is presented on Facebook is honestly a fair representation of the quality of their lives. Like, really? Is, is, is life that great? Are, are we guilty of making our lives look a little better than they really are? James says that the tongue is capable of making great boasts, and I just wonder if the stuff we're posting, does it give glory to God? Is, is what we post online honoring to God? It's something for us to think about. Um, <clears throat> I have one more. Some of us will say things with our tongue when we're really surprised We'll say the, you know, the OMG, right? And which stands for, well, it's, oh my God. I, it's okay for me to say that because I think in this context I'm trying to explain it. Um, and we'll, we'll say that. And it's not a big deal, we think. It's not a big deal. It, I'm just saying that I'm just expressing disbelief, you know? And so we just, we just say that. We just, oh my God. And others say, oh my God. And we, so we say the same thing. Now, there's something I, I, you, you should know, that one of the big themes of the Bible is that God's name is holy. The ancient Jews were so afraid to speak God's name 
that, that, that they, they, they would say Adonai, which is Lord, instead of saying the name of God because his name was so holy. They were afraid to say the name. In Scripture, it talks about angels around the throne, and they're going, holy, holy, holy. Do, you, do we understand how holy God's name is? It's, it's a huge theme in Scripture. And, and here, we, we flippantly, we casually, we just invoke God's name. There's no fear. There's no reverence. There's no awestruck worship. It's just throwing up an empty way of saying that you're shocked. And that's just not right. Now, um, if, if I'm honest about what the whole council of Scripture says about the power of words, here in James, it's pretty negative. It, it's hard to deny that. But you know, if, if words are incredibly power to powerful in terms of taking away life, words are also incredibly powerful in building up life. And uh, I wanted to share something with you guys um, if you go to my office and you kind of look around in the bookshelf, um, I have this on my bookshelf. It's, it's, called, it's called the Notebook of Encouragement. <laughs> and this is what I do. Like from time to time, people will send me an email and it's really encouraging. It's really appreciative. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's complimentary. Now, now, people in the congregation have done this, and you probably didn't know. You, maybe it was, it was something nice, and you liked it. Uh, thank you, Pastor Andrew, blah, blah, blah. Now, what you didn't know is that I actually took that, and I printed it out, and I laminated each one. I'm just kidding. I didn't laminate. But, but I put it in this book, all right? I put it in this book. Now, um, no, I know it's not a terribly big book. I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy with how, how the, the church loves on me. But what I do is when I, when I go through some dark days, I, I, don't, I don't know what you do, but one of the things that I do is I go, I take out this book, and I read the encouraging emails. I read the things that you've appreciated. I read them, and it has this amazing effect on me. I actually feel two inches taller after I read them. You know Why? Because your words have that effect. Do you know the power of your words? I will read those words and I will feel in my heart the presence of God's grace. It's through your words. Words have that effect. Do you know the power of your words? Either to destroy, but also to build up and to encourage. And each one of you has that power. If you're a husband or wife, can you just go ahead and just wave at me? Just go ahead and wave at me. I don't know if you know this, but your words, because you were created in the image of God, are shaping the character and the confidence of your spouse. Your words. You probably didn't know you have that power. You have that power. You're actively shaping them with your words. Anyone here like an older brother or like a boss or like a best friend, wave at me. Come on, everyone has a best friend. You may not know this, but you are shaping the character and the identity of your best friend, of your employees, of your younger siblings by the power of your words. Can I have the parents in the room kind of wave at me? Okay, 
I don't know if you know this or realize this, but the very words that you speak to your children are shaping the character and the identity of who they are becoming. Your words are that powerful. So choose your next words very carefully. So far, the movement of this message has been about controlling our words, but Jesus also said that words reveal what's in the heart. He said, for out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, the hope of the gospel is that once Jesus comes into your life, you start to change. Your heart starts to change, and you know what happens? Your words start to change. Maybe some of you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe some of you want to do it today. But if you receive Jesus and you understand what he did for you on the cross, that God's very own son would die to take away your sins, to make you new again, to give you a righteousness that is his, that he is restoring the entire planet, If you know these things, then your heart is changed. It's filled with love and hope, and your words will also change too. Now today, as Deanna Wong is being baptized, we are celebrating the inward transformation that has taken place inside Deanna. She's a new person. She's a changed person because when Christ is inside our hearts, our lives change, and so do our words. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these words of wisdom from James. I pray that we would take them to heart. I want to pray for us in our words this coming week. We know that sin has basically destroyed the usage of our tongue, so we don't use it in the way that you have called us to use it. But I thank you for Jesus who makes everything new. So would you continue that transformative process in each one of us? And Lord, would you have your way with our words? May this week, may we use our words to bless, to encourage, to build life. May we be sweet with our words because we're sweet inside because Jesus Christ has made us sweet. And in him we have new life. We thank you for what is about to take place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.